Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. I want to just speak something into your heart this morning. Um, I I believe the Lord's dropped a thought in my heart that I want to kind of, it's one of my favorite passages of scriptures. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings. We're not going to read the whole passage because it's a long passage, and just for the sake of time, um, I'm just going to give you some, uh, maybe we'll pick out a few verses. Um, It's it's the story of a Shunammite woman. Could you say Shunammite woman? Um, it's a beautiful story. And um, uh, as you're turning there, let me read you one scripture from Romans. Romans 15, 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. How many know the scriptures are there to teach us? So that when we read these, actually, it can actually impart to us something and actually help us uh, actually accelerate our life in a different direction. That as we read the scriptures and we receive them into, heart, into our heart, it actually takes us further than we could go on our own natural understanding. But when we get God's word in our heart, he actually accelerates us. He actually moves us forward and creates a momentum in our life. And what I love about this particular story is that uh, we get to see the sum total of this woman's faith and her decisions that she makes. It's an amazing story, and uh, I want to just kind of share some thoughts with you and then uh, share a personal story, and then we'll pray and believe that God can do it. If I had a title for my message, it's this, Make Way for Your Future. Come on, God wants you to make way for your future. How many believe you got a future? Okay, you didn't raise your hands. Are you the people that never raise your hands for anything? Come on, do you believe God has a future for you? The Bible says he's got a future and a hope for you, amen, and that good days are ahead. I'm believing, listen, this greatest day, like the world is going crazy. Have you noticed that? But listen, God's church is moving, and God is moving in the earth. I, I believe these are the greatest days of the, in the history of the church, and I'm excited what God's doing. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid. I'm not shaken. I'm actually believing God for mighty harvest. People are getting saved. You know, one of the fastest growing churches, uh, places in the world where the church is growing, is in Iran. It's in Iran. And Iraq, by the way. The church is growing leaps and bounds. People are getting saved. Literally by the hundreds so God is moving, amen? All right, let's look at this verse. Uh, first, Second Kings chapter 4, you're there? It's verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, uh, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know. Another version says, I perceive. It's really important that you, have a develop, you develop your ability to perceive, Uh, That's the actual Greek word. It means to know. 
but we need to have the ability to perceive what God is doing and maybe the people that are in our lives. I found as I open my heart, my spirit to people, that God actually brings people in that actually help me to get to my destiny, help me to get to my future. He creates situations and circumstances where he helps me get to my future faster than I could do it on my own. You've got to have perception. So she says, I, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in, for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered and said, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. Those are two problems right there. She hasn't a son and her husband's old, right? And then he says, verse 15, so he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you will shall embrace the son and she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Let's just keep going down and uh, we'll go to verse, uh, let's say, 26. Um, and, and so the story is, just to capsulize it, a number of years later, her son goes out to the field and he dies. He has like a, maybe a brain aneurysm and he dies. And in verse 26, he, she's running to, she's going to Elisha. And uh, in verse uh, 25, it says, She departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now and meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. It's a statement of faith, isn't it? Her son had just died, and yet she says, it is well. And, um, and then, you know, the story goes on, and, and uh, she says in verse 28, so she said, did I ask of a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And then Gehazi said, get, and then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. But this woman said, no, 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 you're coming with me. I'm not leaving unless you come. And then verse 32, and when Elisha came into the house, there was a child laying dead on his bed. And he went there, shut the door behind him. And the two of them prayed and prayed, uh, two of them, uh, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth. And, you know, we, we see this story. And then all of a sudden, the son arised, the, the, the child Opened his eyes, the Bible says in verse 35, and he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came to, into him, she picked up her son. She went and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Now, quickly, just if you would, go to 2 Kings 8. Just 2 Kings 8, and we're just going to read a few verses there. 2 Kings 8. Then Elisha, verse 1, spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your child, your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went uh, with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went up to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. 
Then the king talked to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. And now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored uh, to life, appealing to the king for her house and, uh, and for her land. And Gehazi said, Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, uh, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all, say all, all. that was hers, and all, say all, all, the proceeds of the field from the day that she left until Now, let's pray. Father, just thank you for your word. We just pray as we look at it today. Lord, open our hearts, uh, teach us, instruct us so that we may have hope, that we may have uh, an understanding that it would move us further and faster than we could ever imagine in Jesus' name. That scripture I said in Romans says this, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. They give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for the promises of God. How many here, you'd say, I've got some promises I'm believing God for? Come on. Come on, every hand should go up. If you're not, we need to pray for you. Because everyone should have a promise that you're believing God for. I'm still believing God for some promises. Amen? I'm believing God to take me further and farther. I mean, I had a heart attack in September, and I'm believing God that um, the guy told me, the doctor said, he said, you have moderate heart disease. There's mild, moderate, and severe. And he said, you're going to be on drugs for the rest of your life, and we may have to operate on you. I'm believing God that I'm going to live long, I'm going to prosper. You know, what is it, the, you know, live long and prosper, right? I'm going to, I'm believing God that I'm going to live long, I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do what God says, amen? You know, as I was laying on the hospital bed in CCU, um, you know, you, you're nervous, right? You're afraid, like, you, this is the truth, you're afraid, and, and I, was, I was sitting there, and I was telling the devil he's hit the wrong guy, and, and yet there was this emotion, like, because I was still in the midst of a heart attack. I mean, they were putting drugs in me, but my heart was in pain, and, and they kept coming in saying, we need to intervene, we need to have an operation. I'm like, yeah, we we're waiting for my wife, and then finally we just said, okay, do the operation, and then they put a little pick in my arm, and I watched them operate on my arm, uh, my heart, it was kind of freaky, but as I'm laying there, you know what came back to me? It was a promise God had spoken to me, like five years ago. I was in a conference, and a prophet friend of mine, I'm just walking out. Actually, I was heading to the bathroom, and he said, Gary, stop. I, I got a word for you, and he just spoke this word, and he, and he said this phrase. He said, doors, multiple, multiple doors will open, and you're going to do this for a long time, and that phrase, you're going to do this for a long time, came into my spirit, put faith in my heart. And I just began to say, God, I'm, I'm believing your promises. Come on, you got to have some promises. Amen? This, this is what I love about this story is because we see a woman of great faith, a woman who perceived in her heart that, that there was something different about this person. There was something different about this man. I, I, I like to say that there are what the Bible calls the prophet's reward. 
Have you ever heard that statement? If you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. What is a prophet's reward? And I think it's in this story, we're going to look at it this morning, that there are certain things that happen when you perceive or you receive the supernatural into your life. When you receive supernatural uh, anointing and supernatural promises into your life, you actually activate the prophet's reward in your life. Now watch. I, I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but listen to what it says. The moment one definitely commits oneself to a lifestyle of faith. Last night, if you were here, we drew two lines, kind of, on the floor, and everybody crossed over. How many remember that? You crossed over. In other words, some jumped, okay, some danced. I mean, there was this elevation, this prophetic act of saying, I'm going to step in faith, and I'm going to believe God that whatever I'm, I'm believing for is going to be begin to take place in this year. I'm going to believe God. It says this, the moment one definitely commits oneself to a life of faith, then God Almighty moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issue from the decision to take steps of faith, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidences, meetings, and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. The important point is that you must eventually act, believing that the resources you need will show up when you need them. Come on, we'll show up when you need him. I love this first point. Watch what this woman did. She made herself available to God by sowing into another person's life. I want to encourage you, sow into people's lives. Now watch this. She extended common hospitality of the day. It was normal if a stranger walked into a city that most people would say, come to my house and have dinner. They were very hospitable back then. That was normal. That was common practice. But then she, un she extended uncommon generosity. The actually, she said, hey, we're going to make a, we're gonna make a, a room. <laughs> we're going to put a room and we're going we're gonna to have this beautiful, uh, like she went to some, some expense, you know, maybe $10,000, $15,000 maybe. I don't know. I built a basement apartment. It cost me a lot of money, $30,000. And so, you know, that was kind of an uncommon generosity. And then she, listen, she was willing to, every time this man came, serve him. Can I say this? It's all about people. It's all about people. You don't know who you serve or who you give to, the impact that that can have on that person and maybe potentially what's in that person's life that can sow into your life for another time. You're actually sowing for your future. Um, simple acts of kindness can generate a storehouse of blessing prepared for the future time of need. Sowing now for a future harvest. What are you sowing into? Um, in 1996, my wife and I moved to Hamilton, Ontario. Um, we went to this church and came on staff. I came on staff, and and uh, we got connected to this church in Cambodia. This actually, this family in Cambodia. This family had um, had uh, moved to Cambodia. They didn't know the language. They started learning the language, and they had a dream to plant a church in Cambodia and to be a resource-giving church. So my wife and I committed from that moment we were going to sow money into Cambodia. We were going to sow finances into Cambodia, and for every month we would sow money, you know, $10, $15, $20, 
dollars, whatever we had at the time. Every month we committed, we were going to sow into Cambodia, committed to pray for Cambodia. Uh, now, it's been 24 years later, we're still sowing into Cambodia. And uh, in, in 2015, I found myself... Uh, I'd raised some money. I was, I'd been invited to go to Cambodia. I'd never been to Cambodia. Invited to go to Cambodia. And um, I decided that uh, I was going to raise some money. So I tapped all my you know, friends who had money and said, hey, can you, you know, send me on a missions trip? And so uh, I was actually supposed to go in 2016. Uh, but I ended up going in 2015. And uh, as I went to the nation of Cambodia... Um, it was amazing to see what God had done in those 20 years, really, really 20 years. In 20 years, they had raised up a church that was about 2,500 people, two campuses. Uh, they had planted over 200 churches. It was the most significant move of God in Cambodia at the time. It still is, still going strong today. But in 2015, I went there. It was my first time to Asia, by the way. I'd sown into Asia all my life. I had I, prayed for Asia. I remember I was in, in Israel. I'm two stories here, okay? So follow me. Track with me. Uh, I was in Israel on a, on a pastor's tour. And two mornings, significant mornings, the Lord woke me up at 5 o'clock. And I had a vision. I had this vision. The first vision I saw... Uh, Asian people. And so in my limited understanding, I prayed for Cambodia and China. I've since found out Asia has 54 nations, 52 or 54 nations. And so I'm praying, God, send people to Asia. Lord, save China. Lord, touch Cambodia. The next morning, I woke up. My brother-in-law was in the bed beside me, and he's, he's like, dude, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Be quiet. And I was just weeping, broken. The next morning, I woke up, and I saw worshiping Asians. And so I thought they were like Filipinos, right? Because we had a bunch of Filipinos in our church. So I'm just praying Asia, China, Cambodia, Philippines. And so these two stories, 2000, okay? So 2015, I'm in Asia uh, for the first time. I, I get home that, uh, it was in December. So I get home. I'm, I'm in New Year's Eve. You know, does everybody, you guys have a New Year's Eve service? Like every pastor preached vision, New Year's Eve, right? So my pastor was preaching. Maybe Chad doesn't, you know, but uh, I mean, I, we're preaching vision, you know, and in the middle of the message, he said, what are you saying yes to? And the Holy Spirit stopped me right there and said, Gary, will you say yes to wherever I send you? And I said, yes, Lord, I will. I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And like, I'm, I was born in England, and so my mom cooked with one spice, salt. That was it. <laughs> Maybe pepper, okay? Like cooking was bland. My, my palate was meat and potatoes, that's it. Maybe a pizza once in a while, you know? Like, I, I didn't have a really broad diet. I was a very picky eater. And, and so I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. Uh, and, and, and so that was like, I'm going to say 1130 at night. At 12.05, a friend, an acquaintance actually, texted me. He said, hey, Gary, I really believe that Asia is going to open up to your ministry. I said, really? Okay. He said, yeah, I really believe it's going to open up. What he didn't know was in, when I went to Cambodia, I, I made a connection, and in that, the next year, I went to Asia six times, and now I go to Asia every month, every year. What was happening? I didn't know it, but I was sowing in. I was just being faithful, and all of a sudden... God said, I'm setting you up for your future. 
I'm creating opportunity. Now, back to the second story, okay? Remember the story about me seeing Asian people? I'm in, uh, so I'm, then that day we got up, we were going to the garden tomb. Like there's two, there's two places Jesus was buried. You know that in Israel, there's two places. And, and so we went to the first place and it was like, okay, whatever. And, you know, it was kind of ritual. And, and then the second place is a garden. It's actually a garden tomb. And so you walk into the garden tomb. As I walked into the garden tomb, I heard this beautiful worship, kind of what we were doing this morning. And I turned the corner and there's 35 Filipinos, Asians, right there. It was like my vision. I saw it. And so they... One of them, I, so I just started crying. <laughs> I just saw this. And, and then one guy walks up and goes, who are you? I go, I'm a pastor from Canada. I saw this in a vision this morning. And he goes, come on in. And they, he dragged me right into the group of the worshiping Filipinos. And he goes, let's take communion. And so I said, okay, let's take communion. He says, can we pray? And I said, yeah, you can pray. This is 2000. And I pray. And they, they, they pray this prayer. Lord, send him to Asia. <laughs> now, 2000. I totally forgot about that. I'm doing work in my church for the next 15 years. Actually, I'm going to say even 17 years. I totally forgot that. It was out of my mind until 2017, I was in the Philippines. The first church I was preaching on a Sunday morning, they had communion. And I'm standing in the church, and I'm holding the communion elements, and I realize I've been here before. I was, I was here in 2000. This was what was spoken this is what God showed me. And I heard the Lord say to me, I was weeping. I heard the Lord say, I never forget. Listen, God never forgets. If God's promised you something, he never forgets. You see, many times, God will connect you with people who may be a source of great blessing in your life as you simply love and show care. Your future Listen, is not here yet. God calls you and I to minister to those who are in our path, and he will take care of our needs in our future. You don't know who you're sowing into. A number of years ago, I was a small group leader in our church. I was pastoring, obviously, but I had a small group. And a man, an old, old man, older man, walked into the church. He sounded like Kermit the Frog. He's just, he's just a really wonderful man. And I met him at the, at the front of the church, you know, at the, at the uh, pardon me, in the hallway. And I said, hi, how you doing? My name's Gary. He goes, hi, my name is. And he mentioned his name, and I said, great. I said, hey, do you want to go for coffee? He said, yeah, I want to go for coffee. So we booked a time that week, and we sat and had coffee, and we came, became really good friends. I mean, it was amazing. I found out his wife was, had Alzheimer's, and she was in a nursing home, and he was kind of a lonely uh, older man, and, I, and we, had one, we had one passion together. Well, two passions. We love Jesus, and we love golf. And so we just, we just became good friends, and, and uh, I just loved him and, and uh, just enjoyed our fellowship, and, and uh, he eventually became one of my small group leaders, and he was in my small group, and it, this was over a period of time. Well, I didn't know this, but he was really rich. 
He'd never told me that. He'd never told me that he had any money. And most of the time, I was paying for coffee. <laughs> but I was just loving him. And, and, you know, we just became friends. And a couple times, we, 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 many times, we'd go golfing. And I just didn't know anything about him other than, you know, he wouldn't tell me that. And then one day, he came to me. See, along the way, when we moved from Hamilton, uh, we, we lost... Uh, $30,000 in our home. I took a $30,000 pay cut to go on staff. And then I had to take another $30,000 out of my RSPs to stay in the market. We were cash poor. We had nothing. We were in debt. We had all kinds of debt. My, I went to a family planner, and the family planner said, your net worth is minus, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was like, oh, okay, great. Hallelujah. I'm serving Jesus. But God had spoken to us that he was going to bless us. He was going to prosper us. And one day this man, like five years later, five, six years later, he sent me a check in the mail. And he said, hey, the Lord spoke to me this morning. And he sent me this significant check. And I was like, I called him. I said, what are you doing? You don't have to do this. We're friends. He goes, no, God spoke to me. I said, no, I was resisting. And he goes, Gary, he said, I'm going to tell you this. You have a poverty mentality, and you got to get out of that mentality. I was like, he was right. And so a month goes by, and he sent me another check. I was like, is this going to happen every month? <laughs> it didn't. But those two checks completely eradicated all of our debt. It released us into a new way of thinking. Why? Just because I was sowing. I had no agenda other than just to love. This is what this woman did. She sowed. See, sowing into someone else always produces something in the spirit that God will call upon for future blessing in your life. Sowing into your spirit. Come on. Listen, sometimes you're serving the house of God, and sometimes it seems laborious, but I'm here to tell you, you're sowing into something for your future. Amen, Gary. Come on. Come on. Now watch. Second thing. She opened her heart to receive the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was, you're going to have a son. And, and, and her initial reaction was no, but she opened her heart to receive the Lord. See, God has a word for you in your time of need. He wants to speak into your spirit so it will be see, uh, like a seed of faith for what he intends to do in and through you. He wants to place hope and expectation in your heart to believe him, to prosper, and to bless you. I'm telling you, God wants to speak a word into your spirit. This morning, God wants to say something to you in your spirit that will help you to begin to sow into something, sow into a person, sow into a situation, because it will produce something in the long term. Amen? Here's the third thing. In the midst of her circumstances, she never gave up. She had a circumstance. Her son died, but she never gave up. Is it, is it well with your soul? It is well with my soul. That was a position of faith. And folks, there's sometimes in your situation, in your circumstance, I've shared some stories this weekend where we were facing significant circumstances. 
and, and we just never gave up. Listen, can I just say something to you? Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't surrender to unbelief. Don't surrender to disappointment. Don't surrender to fear. Would you say this with me? Don't surrender. Come on, come on say it like you mean it. Come on, say it one more time. Don't surrender. You see, God is a God of miracles. The enemy wants to steal your promise. And he wants to steal your miracle. But you got to contend until it's fulfilled. Her willingness to press forward opened the door for miracles. By believing, the Bible says, one sees. By believing, one sees. John eleven forty 40 said, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Come on, believe, and you will see the glory of God. Come on, I want to tell you, listen, hold on to the promises of God. It may be a small promise or it may be a huge promise, but I'm here to tell you, God wants to move. If God spoke to you about your marriage, listen, hold on to that promise. If God spoke to you about your children, like we prayed the other night about prodigals coming home, hold on to that promise. If God spoke to you about financial breakthrough, hold on to that promise. It will come. Come on. Amen? Amen. And listen, her decision of hospitality, faith, and willingness to press forward led to her future return. Now, this is, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 40. And I'm going to finish with this. It says this, He who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple Assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no, by no means lose his reward. What is a prophet's reward? I want to just say to you this, is that when you honor the supernatural, when you honor the supernatural in your life, you open, listen, supernatural breakthrough in your life. When you don't honor the supernatural, you remove the ability of the supernatural to take, in, take place in your life. When you, when you honor the prophetic in your life, the promises of God in your life, you open yourself up to reality. In this passage, she had a miraculous birth. Listen, one of the rewards of holding on to the promises of God is this, is that God wants to birth some new things into your heart. God wants to birth some new dreams in your heart. You might say, well, I don't really have a lot of dreams. Listen, would you let God today birth some new things in your heart? Now, she also had a miraculous resurrection. Listen, God wants to restore some things or resurrect some things. Pardon me, resurrect some things in your heart. Maybe you've had some dreams that have died. Maybe you've had some things that have hindered your, your life. God wants to resurrect. Say resurrect. The third thing is, in, in, in 2 Kings verse 8, the Bible says that the prophet came to her and said, there's going to be a famine. He said, get out of here and go to this land. In other words, there's divine direction. There's divine protection. God wants to offer that to you. That's a prophet's reward. And then the fourth one is that 
which is the amazing story. We see her decisions. She didn't know this. Listen, seven years, probably actually, I'm going to say it's at least probably 10 to 15 years later in this story. She's finished famine. She's lost everything. And she comes to the king. Now, she wasn't actually talking to the king. She was talking to probably one of the king's court. And, and the prophet's servant is talking to the king. And he just happens to notice her. And he's taught, like, have you noticed that that's pretty wild circumstance? Like, he's talking to the king about her son. And she walks in at that moment. She walks in at that moment. I'm telling you, that's a God thing. God sets those things up. God orchestrates those things. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to orchestrate your life. And it comes through serving. It comes through sowing. Would you be willing to say, I'm willing to sow into another person? I'm willing to give into another person? You know, in that story I was telling about this man, businessman, actually, in that period of time, uh, you know, I didn't have a, I didn't grow up wealthy. I didn't, my parents were, you know, kind of sort of lower middle class. They never really had any money. And I did have a, I had a poverty mentality and, and, um, but I, I knew I understood the principle of sewing. And so we, when we moved from Toronto, we, we literally lost a lot of things. We, we had a minus, it was, it was actually pretty scary. I think it was like, I, I want to say it's like minus $150,000 or something. That was my net worth at the time. And, uh, I just told my wife, I said, honey, we're going we're gonna to sow. We're going to just sow into God. We're going to sow into people. We're going to make that our life and our commitment. And, uh, you know, it's been 24 years. And I can tell you that it's, it's hundreds, 10, 10, 10 times, maybe 12 times uh, more value today I'm living in. Not because I'm anything special, but because God is a God of restoration, God is a God of restoration. Come on, I'm here to tell you. Listen, God is a God of restoration. What do you need restored? What do you need resurrected? What do you need this morning? Church, what do you need? Would you close your eyes for me? Bow your heads. See, what you sow today, you'll reap tomorrow. If you focus on your seed and the soil of your heart, God will take care of the growth. You can't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you're going to reap a reward. Proverbs 16, 15 says, when the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a gentle rain. Father, I pray for every person here today. I thank you for them coming out on this snowy day. And Lord, I pray that as we've looked at this story, it's a simple story, but it's a profound story of a woman who made decisions. And by the choices that she made, she set herself up for future blessings. She set herself up for the prosperity of God to come over her life. She set herself up for God to do miracles, for the rewards to take place. Not because she intended that, she just was a woman of faith and a woman of great decision. I pray for every person here today. Lord, you know the needs in their life. And so I'm asking you to meet their needs this morning. How many would say with me this morning then, Gary, I, I need maybe a divine miracle of God birthing something in me. Or I need a, 
a, a divine resurrection. I need some things brought back to life. I, I need dreams to be brought back to life. Or maybe I need some direction or protection. Or maybe I just need, God, I need some resur- restoration in my life. If that's you, just put up your hand. I want to pray for you this morning that God would just open up the doors of opportunity. Uh, as you sow, like your job is to keep sowing. Your job is to keep giving and, and uh, in whatever way you can. Sometimes it's just giving love and time. Other times it's finances, whatever that may be. So, Father, I pray for every hand that's here raised this morning. I pray that, Lord, you're the God that wants to reward. You bring to life situations. You bring, uh, you bring uh, results, Lord. You are the God that has supernatural power. And so, Lord, if it's a marriage issue, it's a financial issue, if it's a, a relational issue, if it's a job situation, if it's a, a, a um, whatever it may be, a health situation, Lord, you are the God that can bring supernatural power into that. And so, God, we just trust you. We, we say right now, release your power upon your people. Release it in the name of Jesus. We just declare over them that this will be the year of divine birthing, divine resurrection, divine uh, protection and, and direction, divine restoration will come to pass in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we say, have your way in this church, in this church, Lord, in this people. Lord, we pray for joy, unspeakable and full of glory to be. Lord, that there would be testimonies throughout the year of how God is a God of provision, how God brought things to pass, how miracles are starting to happen. We just release that upon this house today, the year of the supernatural breakthrough, the year of supernatural miracles. We say yes to that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 